All right, guys, in conjunction with this, I do want to watch this video from Project Veritas just came out today. Let me just uh, let me just get this set up so we can actually hear the sound. Hang on. Stand by. Please mount that like button while you're waiting for me to set this up. This video came out from Project Veritas a little while ago. Now, I know that a lot of people have issues with the way that James O'Keefe left Project Veritas. I do. However, there are too few people in this space exposing what's going on, and beggars can't be choosers. And even though I don't think that Project Veritas handled that situation well, and I wish it had happened differently, there are still a lot of good people at Project Veritas who are just trying to do good work. And so I'm not going to turn up my nose at anyone that is exposing this stuff. They are good people. They are kind people. I've known some of them for a while, like way before this. And and while I don't like what happened with the James O'Keefe stuff, we can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. It doesn't make sense. And by the way, as annoyed as I am at James O'Keefe, if he is exposing good stuff, then I would share that too. And I know he is. I haven't been able to keep up with it lately, but I know he's doing a good job as well. But this just happened to be exposed today and it goes along with the subject I was talking about. And so that's why we're going to watch it. But before we get that, Parrot Girl Tattoo. Nope, there it is. Godspeed, Carlin, you're doing good work. I'm really trying, Parrot Girl. I do appreciate the super chat. So let's uh, let's see. What does Project Veritas have here? Oh, Prisha's on there. Prisha is a very brave detransitioner. Good for her. Breaking part one. Multi-state investigation exposes WPATH, con uh, connected transgender health doctors prescribing puberty blockers to minors as young as eight years old and irreversible cross-gender hormones to minors as young as 14 years old. Most kids are mature enough to make relatively informed decisions. Well, we might have to agree to disagree on that. We do have patients who are starting transition as young as eight. Huh, it's almost like that article that we just looked at, right? And cross-gender hormones have some permanent effects. I need the patient to be a little, to be mature enough to make a relatively informed decision. I get it. There are some 14-year-olds that are not, you know, mature, but generally speaking, they're usually pretty good. Well, no. Because the brain is not fully developed until we are in our early to mid-20s. So that's not true. Rosalind, thank you for the super chat. This is really out there. I know Rosalind, and I appreciate the super chat. And Brian, honestly, none of this surprised me. It's been in the LGBT for years. Ain't that the truth, Brian? Ain't it the truth? All right, let's watch this video from Project Veritas. Um, and it's about 11 minutes long. Uh, we do have patients who are as, starting as young as uh, eight, nine. We have a list of gender affirming therapists that we yeah. can provide to. So, trans care definitely exists. They said it was transition or suicide. Like, I was given no choice. I was told you will kill yourself if you don't go through with these treatments. It's very much pro-hormone, pro-changes. If you don't do this, your child will kill themselves. That is a, the most common theme. You don't think anybody can do that 14-year-old to do surgery. I've never done a 10-year-old. Yeah. quite fair with you. I've done 15, 16. So, Mount Sinai Adolescent Clinic, they started age 10. She did say this about... Like the way to go at this age, age 10, would be something like a puberty blocker. When you then get to age 14 uh, is when I'll consider some, you know, cross-gender hormones. 14 is a reasonable age. Most kids are mature enough 
to make a relatively informed uh, decision. No one who says that you can change your sex is lying to you. You will be chasing constant drugs and surgeries for the rest of your life. Ten years old, coming by themselves. Ten, eleven, yes. Most of the kids are nowhere in any kind of a brain space to really talk about it in a serious way. We still want the kids to be happy, happier in the moment, right? The science isn't really settled about the so on that very first appointment with Shayna Gordon, she told me my projected path. She said, you are going to get top surgery and bottom surgery because you need it to be aligned. And I will write you your letters of recommendation when you need them for the next one. Here's yours for hormones, but this is your path. Meet Prisha Mosley. At age 25, she is undergoing the gender detransition process after medical professionals convinced her as a troubled teenager that she was a boy, needed to inject testosterone, and have a double mastectomy just after her 18th birthday. I began testosterone within weeks by getting a letter of recommendation, which the trans community told me I needed to unlock all treatment. So I found a gender affirming therapist who was certified by WPATH online. And I had a very brief, like 15 to 30 minute appointment with her, wherein she told me that I was a boy. So then I took that letter of recommendation to a pediatric endocrinologist. And that very same day, I started testosterone. And then not even a whole year later, at 18, I had a radical double mastectomy. Project Veritas has previously reported on WPATH, the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. WPATH is at the epicenter of the nearly billion-dollar industry diagnosing gender dysphoria and the subsequent sex reassignment surgery market. Uh, some of the Dutch researchers started uh, gave some data about um, young adults who had transitioned and reproductive regret, like regret, and it's there. Um, and I don't think any of that surprises us. I to talk about it, but most of the kids are nowhere in any kind of a brain space to really, really, really talk about it in a serious way. Uh, that's always bothered me, but, you know, we still want the kids to be happy, happier in the moment, right? At the core of our investigation is just how quickly medical professionals will offer life-altering treatments to young children, which begs the question, how young is too young? I'm just, I've never done a 10-year-old, yeah. to be quite fair with you. I've done 50s. Meet Dr. Matthew Pabas, a family medicine specialist at the St. Mark's Institute in New York City. Here, he admits that he performs transgender surgery on children as young as 15. You don't think anybody can do that for a 10-year-old to do the surgery? They could, yeah. That's, yeah. Who, that's who we're looking for. That, we're looking that, for people that can do again, that. that's definitely a psychiatrist to sign off on it. Okay. 100%. If we were able to get that, though, from yeah. a certified psych yeah. psychiatrist, then we could bring that into the person. The surgeon and able to do it. They wouldn't be like, oh, they're too young. Again, the psychiatrist. I'm going to hook you up with the groups that actually do this, like centers. Okay. Centers that do this. Yeah. So they will have all the resources in one. I'm not going to leave you hanging. Just at 10 years old, it's right when puberty's safe. So I don't know. I don't want to shortchange him and start testosterone blockers and like something his bones fuse and he's short. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if it'd be better to like delay puberty or or whatever they do till age 14, let him grow. 
little bit and then start the tea. It's just the, the trauma of it. Of course, no, no, no. That, that's, yeah. that also takes into it that, like, should we just be on blockers now? Like, where nothing's going to grow. Testosterone block, the hormone blockers, um, once you get over, like, they'll just stop you where you are. So I can, I'd have to think about it. I usually don't do such young kids, 10 year olds. Hmm. I'll, I'll look, I'll call around and find the place for you guys. I won't leave you guys hanging. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I know Callan Lord. I don't know if you look them up. They're no. they're they're a big uh, thing. They might do children. I just would call around. We went to Callan Lord, which describes itself as quote the global leader in LGBTQ healthcare. The community health center, based in New York City, was quick to address what services could be offered to our hypothetical ten-year-old. So I'm not sure, like, why we mm-hmm. don't think people know they're 13. So, um, we don't like have any. Uh, like surgical care that's not like part of anything we do here okay but we refer refer patients like we have like surgery navigators like a team of them that help with um like external surgery yeah i don't know what the youngest would be but i can get try to get like that information so um i spoke to her and so she said the only reason that we cut off at 13 we're like a teen adolescent program mm, that's like literally okay. that we don't have like pediatric care. Okay. She said that it definitely exists. Like pediatric trans care definitely exists. So Mount Sinai Adolescent Clinic, they started age 10. This is the doctor. Um, oh my God. supportive, have tons of group and supportive services. So this is the website to it. So we spoke to Dr. Stever, who had this to say regarding minors seeking transgender care. Would the next step, or is there a possibility that we could get more puberty blockers soon? Okay. Yeah. A ten-year-old, um, you know. So I, I, you know, I follow the WPATH guidelines. Um, you know, the World Professional Association Transgender Health Guidelines, and really, what they would say is um, uh, the way to go at this age, age ten, would be something like a puberty blocker, either Luprolide, which is an injection every three months, or uh, Triptorelin, which is an injection every six months. Um, and that really stops puberty pretty quickly so that no further development of the secondary sexual characteristics um, happens. So things like there's no real chest development, there's no menstruation, things like that. And it's a safe medicine to use for up to three, four years or so. Um, after that, there's some question about bone acquisition. When you then get to age 14, uh, is what I'll consider some, you know, cross-gender hormones. 14 is a reasonable age. Most most kids are mature enough no. to make a relatively informed con- uh, decision. My name is Quentin Van Meter. I'm a board-certified pediatric endocrinologist. In- so for, for people who have been um, following along, we did a series of streams where we looked at, we were watching the testimony in the Texas House of Representatives where people were either testifying in favor of or against a bill to restrict trans medical conser- surgery in minors. And we're going to go back to that. We aren't done with that yet. We still got several more hours to go. But the reason I wanted to pause is because this is one of the doctors who testified in the Texas House of Representatives. He was on the very first stream that we did about it. He gave a lot of really great information. Um, and he's also one of the doctors that actually... What was interesting at the socialist conference is we I did a whole session about opposition research in which they assigned us doctors to look into their past to do opposition research on them. This is one of the doctors they're targeting. They're targeting him very, very, very heavily. 
And what they do when they're doing opposition research is they are they are looking for any way to discredit these doctors. And then they're feeding talking points to state to like lefty state legislators, like like state reps to ask the doctors when they're testifying in these hearings because they're trying to discredit them, essentially. Private practice in Atlanta, Georgia. So the first one we'll talk about are the puberty blockers. That's a generic term. These are drugs that are very cleverly designed to interrupt the pituitary gland signaling to the gonad. That would either be the ovary or the testicle to get them started. The body changes significantly. The brain changes significantly. Uh, The organs, the ovaries and testicles change significantly. And if you interrupt that in the middle of what is supposed to be true puberty, you're you're taking away something that is necessary and truly physiologic to in that child. We we don't know if that can be recovered if it's blocked or in the middle of adolescence. There are no studies to show that is safe. The science isn't really settled about the best way to do that. I have a, plenty of people who will stay on the puberty blocker uh, and add in testosterone to give them the, the puberty that they are seeking. And that also helps really ensure that the puberty that they are not seeking, um, you know, chest development and stuff like that doesn't happen. Puberty is not a disease. It's not something that you want to get rid of. You need it to, to move from a pre-reproductive state to a reproductive state. And without it, you can't get there. Cross-gender hormones, testosterone in this case, um, you know, do have some permanent effects. Uh, and so I need, the, I need the patient to be a little to be mature enough to make a a relatively informed decision. I get it that there are some 14-year-olds that are not, you know, mature, but generally speaking, they usually are pretty good. Once we obtained this footage at multiple sites in New York, we decided to investigate further by scheduling appointments at clinics all over the country. We visited nearly 50 different clinics across eight states. Listen to what Nora Scott a licensed social worker at Dell Children Medical Center in Austin, Texas, tells our undercover journalists. Um, we do have patients who are starting as young as uh, eight, nine. Um, okay. So we do have folks on the younger side. So we take a few different types of patients, and there is not a wait list currently for our gender patients. So you okay. could get scheduled um, more quickly than some of our other types of patients right now for those. Um, and then... In regards to prescribing, that's up to the prescriber's discretion. They might just require a couple of appointments just to see. Um, it might be appropriate after one. It's not something that we want to gatekeep and require someone yeah. to, you know, come see us 10 times before it's prescribed. We have a list of gender-affirming therapists that we yeah. can provide to. Um, so that's something outside of the clinic that's... Um, generally very but it's not required to be seen here but it's not it's not required it would be required if you were trying to go through as they were older like a formal surgery and you needed reference letters um you would need a therapist letter but if you're not going through that process it's not required stay tuned for part two where we dive deeper into the lengths at which these clinics will go to provide transgender services to minors including illegal migrant children all right, guys, that is the latest release from Project Veritas. I would definitely encourage everyone to share it. Um, and you can go to their Twitter account and share it or on whatever other platform they're on. Again, I want to emphasize this. Whatever issue you have with Project Veritas over the James O'Keefe fallout. And I didn't like it either when it happened. I was really disappointed. We need 
to put those issues aside because there are many good people who are working at Project Veritas. And to be quite frank, this information is more important than your feelings. What do you guys always say? Facts don't care about your feelings. This information and making sure that people are aware of this are more important than your feelings about what happened with James O'Keefe. I've seen this pattern on the on the right where every time an influencer or an organization says something that people don't like or they don't want to hear or they they do something that people don't like or they don't want to hear then people abandon the organization and all of the good work it does. And where do you go? Nowhere. Because there's no other organization doing what Project Veritas is doing. Or very few organizations doing what they're doing. And then all of a sudden, you've got all this great information that could actually be very helpful to you if you care about the goal of ending this bullshit. And you're ignoring it because your little fifis were hurt. And it doesn't make any sense. All right. We need to be sharing this information. You need to be supporting people who are doing this. Like if you care about the end result, you put the goal ahead of your feelings and you can share James O'Keefe's stuff too. No one's saying otherwise, but it's time to grow up. We are in a bit of a predicament where we are significantly behind the eight ball in what the left is doing to this country. And if we continue the infighting and the bickering and the nonsense, we are never going to make any progress because I have never seen a circular firing squad as badly as I have seen in the political right and the anti-woke space. It is mind-bogglingly insane and it makes no godly sense. We are all supposed to be on the same effing team and we need to start acting like it. Jen, thank you for the super chat. I can't help but notice the Pinocchio-like infantilized, there we go, there's the word, infantilized fever dream that seems to be going on underneath all of this transitioning kids aspect makes me make me a real boy or like a real girl find me like the blue fairy. Well, yeah, and that's what happens is people get emotional. I'm firmly convinced That when people go on like puberty blockers or they have these interventions, they get emotionally stunted at whatever age they had the intervention at. It's really weird. And it's quite frankly heartbreaking. Like your brain needs to develop in a certain way. Right. And if you're not allowing it to do that, then you are going to be stunted at like whatever, whatever age you started taking the puberty blockers on. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. (laughs) 